0: Hi, right, thanks for tuning into episode 11 of the Ross Project. Today's guest is a stand up comic and the host of the Alkaline podcast and co host of Who Is She podcast with comedian Jen Ives. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you rigs. What happened with your skateboard?
1: Uh oh the bearing just exploded, man, so I just went into town and tried to uh try to not act like a mid thirty year mid <laughs> year old man in front of youths in a shop, do you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel the same, I still dress like a skateboard, yeah, even though I haven't skated in ages and yeah. uh No, I don't feel like I'm too old to skate uh to look yeah. like it, but yeah.
1: I, I I dress like um I dress like I live on the streets. It's not really any sort of look
0: never too old to look homeless
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah man be an easy it'd be an easy transition for me if i lose all this do you know what i mean i'd just be able to slip straight in (laughs) unnoticed
0: (laughs) ah nice one man well thanks for coming on
1: hey no worries
0: uh where did the name riggs come from
1: oh um i used to hang out with uh i used to hang out in this friendship group in a group of like we had we had a gang uh the newspapers called us the Scotland dogs uh, uh <laughs> you, don't have to call, you don't have to you don't have to uh call us that though uh we used to be we used to do just like basic vandalism we weren't like uh we weren't like the mafia it was not like, it wasn't very organized we used to do like basic vandalism uh young like street drinking that sort of thing setting fire to stuff do you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we had a, in in our group, in our little gang, we had a bu- we had a bunch of people called David. My first name's David, right? So uh, everyone got their own nickname. There was a guy with a with a really big nose. We called him Concord Dave, because, uh, <laughs> which is good because my nose is I don't know if you can see, but it's not exactly small. <laughs> so uh, I sort of dodged the bullet with that one a bit. But uh, my second name's Regan, right? And He used to have like long hair and shit. So I think. They named me Riggs after Mel Gibson's character in *Lethal Weapon*, but I'm going to be completely honest with you—I've never watched it, and I've never got any desire to watch it. So I've got—I'm named after a, a character from a film that I've never seen and have no intention of seeing.
0: Oh, uh, I, I think I'm named after Ross Poldark, which—what's what, that? Really? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. old are
1: you? Isn't Poldark from like five years ago? No,
0: no, <laughs> there was an original one. where
1: Oh, was there? My girlfriend watches *Paul Dark*, man, but I've never, I've never seen it.
0: Nah, nor have I. Uh, I can't remember the show it's originally from, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's all the ladies of my mum's generation have hots for this guy. So.
1: Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. I named my daughter after Sid Barrett, who's the guy who started Pink Floyd. Yeah. A man, I might add. That's how progressive I am.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so I guess Sydney. It can be a lady's name. Yeah. 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 But like, it can be Barry. It is, it is now. <laughs> Uh, is it like an intentional thing to go by a nickname when doing comedy so you
1: i think i'm trying to run away from my past
0: yeah (laughs) do you i was gonna ask is it to avoid uh
1: detection uh
0: like so so you don't ruin your future job prospects
1: no (laughs) man no this is my this Stand-up comedy, hopefully, is my future job prospect. You know what I mean? <laughs> I um, I, I do. I work in a school, man. But oh, you know, okay. I, i've I've never I've never really censored anything that I put on the internet. Which is, <laughs> but to be honest, they no, I don't. I don't get many requests from like parents and stuff like that. I tend to just uh, tend to just sort of avoid it. But um, but no, I just know it just stuck. Like loads of like just all my fr- I don't even hang out with any of the same people who originally started calling me that. Do you know what I mean? But my mum calls me it now. So you know, like it's like um, it's just. It just seems like natural. Mark, tell you what though, when I've done something wrong, I've had, this is how I know when my relationships are going downhill. I'll have girlfriends who start calling me by my original full name. And as soon as they start doing that, I know that we're going to be broken up within like three months. Every time. They'll be like, David Charles Regan. And I'm like, fuck, you're, you're, you're going to have to go <laughs> soon. <laughs> That's when you know the fun is gone.
0: <laughs> it's always the middle name. No one uses your middle name unless you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what middle names are for. Middle names for telling off children. <laughs> uh, Char- Charles is mine, and my, you know I, think I was named after my great granddad. But that's a that's a real that's a real old fashioned name, Charles, isn't it? Have you got a middle name? Yeah,
0: Michael. It's my dad's name.
1: Michael. Oh yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, nice.
0: Uh, what was the first joke you ever wrote?
1: Oh, um, fuck. I had this. The first. I didn't really do a joke the first time I was on stage i had i wrote a story which is only half true about uh buying a strap-on dildo on the internet and then um and then me and my girlfriend broke up and then i had to cancel it <laughs> i had to phone him up and be like we're not gonna need this anymore <laughs> but uh, but it was only it was only sort of half true yeah i just thought strap-on would be funnier but it was just sex toys well, but um what well, was the not true you didn't cancel it <laughs> wearing it right now (laughs) um (laughs) it's all i've got left to remind me of her um the first time i wrote a joke that i was proud of i went all the way to chichester in and i did a gig where i just bombed my absolute tits off like real bad uh and um do you know dinesh nathan uh no i don't know uh, he's just a lo- he's local comedian he uh won south coast comedian of the year not that he fucking ever shuts up about it but he <laughs> he he was on after me right and i used to have a really terrible mic control i don't know when you're gonna edit this you might be like shit he's actually quite loud i just got a really loud voice and i used to cause i used to be in band so i used to hold the microphone really close to my face uh like a rapper like a sort of white rapper Ooh. if you can ever imagine such a thing <laughs> right and i um and i so basically i bombed and he came on stage and was like you know like this is plugged into a speaker like you can't move it away from your house and just spend the, like, the next five minutes just absolutely fucking roasting me <laughs> i went back home and i was kind of just got drunk on the train and i was like i went and then i went out to another comedy thing afterwards and i just ended up just getting absolutely smashed i don't know if you've uh, have you, have you, you've done gigs right
0: uh only open mics yeah
1: I mean, Only open mics, but have you ever had one that's gone so badly that literally, like, you want to end your life?
0: <laughs> Maybe the first one, yeah.
1: But... <laughs> right, right, right. So you know what i was kind of talking yeah. about. I just was like, how am I going to go on? How am I going to face my children? How am I going to like sit around my family at Christmas dinner? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this was in like March. <laughs> I was like, how, how am I going to c- carry on with my life? And then, um, and then I woke up in the morning and I was really hungover. And then I wrote my, I wrote the joke, which stayed my first joke, which ended up staying in my set for like two years. Which which was, um, I I, said, I don't know a lot about sports. I used to think that, um, that uh, waterboarding and surfing were the same thing. And uh, I couldn't understand what all the fuss was about. And then I would just shout, let the prisoners surf. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first proper joke that I wrote, I think.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, what got you into comedy?
1: Um it's uh, podcasts really, man. I used to like watching a lot of comedy. I used to watch but like many British comedians, like I'd watch like I remember getting really into Rod Gilbert when I was about eighteen. Do you know Rod Gilbert, the angry Welsh guy? Mm-hmm. He had that special about him just getting really over the top aggressive about this pork pie there's mince pie that he bought from like a service station. Anyway, uh I just really enjoyed that. I really liked um who's the dude from Black Books, the Irish guy
0: i'm blanking his name actually uh uh is it something marin marin dylan moran dylan moran that's it
1: yeah dylan moran so him he's great sorry i had a little my girlfriend just shouted dylan moran through the door
0: Uh, i I didn't hear that that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but uh but then i started listening to podcasts rather embarrassed like because you want to be you want to be like woke sort of sort of left-wing alternative comedians i actually got into it via the joe rogan experience i watched that as well yeah. uh, yeah it's the first time that i've uh it was the first time I ever heard comedians talk for like three hours, like nonstop about how much they love comedy. And as you say, I was in, I was in bands for like years, like for like 10 years, like since college all the way up till when I I didn't start, I didn't start doing something until I was 30. Um, and then, uh, and so I'd hear people like, people like Tony Hinchcliffe or Joey Diaz or Greg Fitzsimmons or Doug Stanhope or, you know, people like that would go on there and they would just talk about how great comedy is. And like I, I love being on stage anyway. So then I just thought, fuck it. Like I'll try it out and then uh and then as soon as I got on stage at KO's um Junk Dogs open mic like, I fucking just loved it man and ever since then pretty much so like I did one and then I went on holiday to Spain for like a, uh, for like a week and then when I came back I did another one and then after that I pretty much did I pretty much done stand up every single night uh up until the coronavirus lockdown
0: oh me! how are you f- finding the lockdown then
1: I at first I was loving it man like cuz I don't want to go to work <laughs> you know what I mean and and that's why we're doing comedy in it. So that we can just get paid to wake up at fucking two and then go to some gig and talk about the fucking knobs for like an hour and come home again. That's a job. That's a job for some people. One day I hope it's a job for me, but like, uh, so at first I was loving it, man. And then, and then you just, it just started to be honest. It did completely fucking, I don't know how you found it, but after a while I just went fucking mad. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I was going mad though. It was only afterwards. I was like, fuck the last two weeks I've been kind of like, kind of mad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like just, being like just weird, like just texting like just being overbearing with my friends, you know what I mean? Like being like, oh, someone talk to me. But um <laughs> but no, but since but I've gone but you know, I've gone back to work. Comedy's back now. I've got a gig tonight, so you know, it's all it's all it's all fine. It's amazing how quick uh it's amazing how quick I forget about my mental health problems when I'm allowed to go back to the pub again. That's what I'm saying.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Where are you playing tonight?
1: Um, The Martha Gun Which is the comedy cult Uh, I don't know if you uh, know The comedy cult yeah they used to run at the bee's mouth but because that is a fucking coronavirus nightmare down there some <laughs> social distancing fucking nightmare you probably get um, one person in there <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like it's like got three floors but it's really thin it's like I don't know if you've ever seen them sort of like uh, third world sort of like shanty like towns where they build up they just keep building up higher and higher oh, and higher yeah, in like yeah. one bedroom flats it's like one of those the bee's mouth uh, sorry if you're listening and you do work at the bee's <laughs> mouth like, uh, I actually am friends with the general manager so maybe he'll appreciate this yeah. and this little plug i'm giving it's pub but this one's at the martha gun which is like used to be like a proper old man like uh if you, do you know the kind of thing that if you walk in there and you look like a kind of alternative they're like everyone the music will just stop dead <laughs> and everyone would just turn around and stare at you and like there's just union jacks on the walls and that but i think they've i think they've done it up and made it a bit more sort of hipstery and that they've got like a nice beer garden and we're out in the beer garden today so yeah, apparently it's sold out. So like, oh, like fifty people. So I don't know how that's gonna work with it. This is coming out after the Wednesday's coming out.
0: It's probably be out after tonight. Yeah, I've got like. Oh,
1: cool, cool. Stuff. So, uh, so sorry about that, government. If it's illegal, that's all I'm gonna say. No, but we're gonna keep our distance. We've got masks and shit. So you know. How are good. they doing I, the res-
0: microphone situation?
1: So they give you a little tiny. I've done a couple of gigs now where they give you a little tiny hair net to put over it, like a little. <laughs> uh, I tried to do a joke. I, I I was up in London and I did this gig healing comedy club and I was like, oh, look, it looks like a little hairnet for like a pixie. Like if there was some sort of like gnome sort of like sort of high maximum security prison. I imagine this is what the sort of pixie would wear if they worked in this sort of kitchen of that. Did, did that for a couple of minutes and they didn't like it. They were like, <laughs> they were like stop talking about this and talk about Tinder or whatever. We've come, to, <laughs> come in and watch.
0: Uh, that's so funny. Uh, who are your... Uh, you said you said your early comedy influences um
1: i've got some man is- i fucking love uh theo Vaughn. i but mm. what I, I love is absurd sort of storytellers and people like that i love I, and also i like just people who write good jokes like i like mark norman oh
0: yeah 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 i He's really, really, really like mark
1: norman all nearly all the comedy i watch is from america uh and i feel like maybe I, i'm trying to do that more in my sort of stand up like much more sort of joke heavy look there's a lot more nerds doing comedy over here i think <laughs> <laughs> but uh no but i do like british comedy i, like, I really like acaster and people like that um you know so uh so i would say i would say people like there's an there's an album that i always listen to on spotify called uh a 30 pound bag of hamster bones by theo von and it's my favorite half hour oh, special no, no, no. and i listen to that all the time and also so him and uh mitch Hedberg, i'd say oh mitch see. Hedberg. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I first started doing stand up, I just had so many head like Mitch Hedberg mannerisms so much so that every literally after every single gig people would come up to me and be like oh, I, like, I think you should listen to some Mitch Hedberg. And I'm like, I've obviously heard <laughs> Mitch Hedberg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean? Every time I do a joke, I'm like, no, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but with, luckily, uh, sunglasses. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, no one said that for like a year. So I'm hoping I'm coming out of that. But I mean, six months of that has, I have been same in my house. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know.
0: I think everyone's Mitch Hedberg never. after <laughs> lockdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Didn't he used to wear the sunglasses for like uh, stage fright reasons? Oh, was it heroin? I thought it was stage fright. Heroin. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, no, no, he he's a nervous guy. Mm. But you would be nervous if you would just taken a load of heroin and now have to do comedy in front of two thousand people. Do you know what I mean? You just would be. <laughs> it
0: doesn't seem like the best time to <laughs> do it. But it
1: is almost hundred percent heroin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's and really...
1: that's how he died, by the way. Almost hundred percent heroin.
0: Oh fuck. So, yeah, no, uh as that's one thing I noticed about him was seeing like an earlier set he did, he seemed much more nervous like in the later sets. Yeah. So maybe that was to do with drug addiction.
1: Maybe, yeah, and also to do with, um, you know, he... He, like people used to say that he would do two shows in a night so the first show would be really good uh, it'd be like an hour show would be really good in the interval he would just fucking get a bit pissed and uh, take a, smoke a bit of crack or whatever I mean <laughs> he's not a healthy guy I mean he died when he was like in his mid-30s so like okay. you know it's okay to say but mm. like but that like, he'd be a bit of a mess by the second one he's got a half hour Comedy Central special where he just kind of bombs a bit like compared to if you know his other stuff and like you can listen to it and be like oh no you can do much better than that but I think that uh, I mean, I think he was just kind of nervous. Maybe like, I mean, it's it's a it's a nerve wracking thing, isn't it? I think that it is. It's like kind of terrifying, isn't it? Mm. Especially when and we're only doing like little gigs. I mean, he's literally like on TV and shit. You know.
0: Do you get stage fright at all?
1: Oh, terrible, man, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like you always are, like. I don't I used to think about gigs like for weeks beforehand like I remember the first time I went to do the comedy store King Gong, which is like a and gong show and I like, um, and it's like brutal I was like for like weeks before that like, I was like worried to buy but now say like now I'm not nervous about this gig tonight right but I think it's good to be nervous so I'll be I'll kind of make myself nervous on the way down there I'd be like what if no one laughs what if they just stare at you. But yeah, I think it's good because you need that. You need to have that bit of tension for it to work. If you just go on like too confident and like, oh, this is gonna fucking work, that they're some of the worst gigs I've ever had. <laughs> and I do, I am like that sometimes. Especially if you had like, if you smash it, like if you like, oh, smash the last four gigs. They've been fucking amazing. You you will almost definitely bomb. Like I went to do this thing, like they do this thing called the Red Raw Tour, which is at the Stand. Uh, you do uh, there's three clubs: it's Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle, and you do them all uh, the Stand comedy clubs are you doing more monday tuesday wednesday and i did that and every single gig was amazing and it and they were packed and it was like hundreds of people there and i was like oh it feels like i feel like i'm a real comedian and then i came back to do artista same set next night just died died on my tits <laughs> because because i came in like oh this is good if i could do it there i could do it here just mm. came in just no zero zero nerves zero, like just 100 percent confidence dead dead in the water not a single laugh
0: what uh <laughs> you doing comedy so regularly then you you seem to have had to have pushed through the stage fright pretty hard. What tips do you have?
1: Oh just doing it. Just, there's just no it. there's nothing there's nothing that can there's nothing that can change it. You either <laughs> you're either a really confident person or you are a person who's nervous. It just gets easier, but it doesn't go away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like um uh, and, and just by doing it, just by experiencing what it's like and um, but if, if what you do is when you start to like, when you start to bomb all the time, there was a period where I had a, re- I had, I had a period where I bombed every single gig for like two months. Like it's incredible that anyone still books me now, <laughs> but like, I'm, but I swear to God, like every time I go to a gig, and I was trying out a lot of new material and stuff, and not they weren't, they were like low pressure gigs, you know what I mean? But I some of them were pretty bad gigs too. But like literally, and then you re- you start to realize like it's only like five ten minutes. I mean, sometimes people are bombing headline and doing like an hour, and I've never experienced that, and I'm sure that's terrible. But for like anyone can stand there for ten minutes, mm. and then and then but you start it's it is horrible and it does feel like a long time but then when you got off stage you realize oh it's just m- nothing's changed about my life do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i will put a caveat the next time i bomb on stage could be today could be tomorrow right i will chuck all that out the window everything i've just said there and i will be in bed for like three days <laughs> <laughs> uh- it's easy to say it it's easy to say when you're not, when it's not happening to you. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, just, just doing it. You just have to just keep doing it. That's the only way.
0: Is there something about, cause you do gigs so regularly around Brighton. Do you find that you're telling the same jokes in front of people a lot? And that would affect whether they find them funny or not. If you put an yeah, open mic. but
1: the only people I'm telling the same jokes to are comedians mm. and that doesn't fuck them. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> not for them. Like, if there's an audience member who's continually going to the same open mic over and over again, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking and please keep coming. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, no, I'm not that worried about that really. Uh, most places they do proper gigs, they'll only book you. like They won't book you that regular, so um, that's fine. And the gigs that do have gigs all the time, they're not getting the same people week in and week out. So and then, but sometimes people like to people who do come and watch the open mics. They like to see the process. So like you're not going to tell it at the same time each time, and you're going to add stuff and take stuff out. So someone might be like, "Oh, I saw this bit like a couple of weeks ago, and now it's like really good now, and it's like cool to see that change." but um but you've got to, you the only way you can get make your shit better is by doing it over and over again so you've got to kind of be like that a lot of people when they start doing open mics is they'll change their set all the time because they're worried that there's comedians at the back of the room who are like oh this person's not writing enough or this person's i've seen those guys jokes before but what you got to remember is that they're doing the same thing so like if do you know what i mean like and, and and you should never perform for the comedians man yeah. like do you know what i mean because who are they
0: And chances are no one's going to remember the joke you told last week anyway.
1: Exactly, man. And chances are no one's even remembered who you are. so (laughs) It doesn't even matter. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, you just, you just like, literally the answer to most comedy questions is you just have to keep doing it. Just do it. Yeah non-stop you have to ruin your life you have to get you have to get divorced because of comedy you have to your kids can't talk to you anymore because you're out of the house all the time they don't want to talk to you anymore that's sad what
0: what's your uh, joke making process like do you think of one and then write it down and then try and do it later or do you try and sit down for a certain amount of time each day to try and do Mm, it
1: i've tried it all different kinds of ways i um i so i've got kind of like mad ocd i've got this to-do list that i do every day and and i've got writing on there so i try and i try and write one i try and put one joke on twitter a day sometimes go mad put about 30 and i lose about 100 followers right but (laughs) and i don't have and i don't have that many so i need to keep them (laughs) Um,
0: You're a minus twenty but now. I try and
1: put <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah exactly yeah I'm a minus numbers now. I actually owe Twitter some followers. I um I I try and put one joke up there a day mm. to like that's and because Twitter is quite good because it because you have to have a certain word count so like it's good to keeping your jokes like nice and tight. Mm. But, um, but I there's a there is another Mitch Hedberg video where he talks about his writing process. If you just type, it's Lynch no it's what's he called uh, his. Lynn Shawcroft, who is his, who is also a comedian, and that was his wife, hmm. um, she made a video where she goes through all of Mitch Hedberg's old joke books, and then she's got interviews with him on radio, and basically he talks about his writing process, and basically he he's like, you always, just whenever you think of anything funny, no matter what it is, it could be a joke or an idea or just a word or whatever, anything that makes you laugh, write it down. And then sometimes I will just go to a open, mic just with the stuff that I've written down in that way. And then I'll just see if I can make into jokes or I'll, I quite often get, so I go skateboarding and I find it's quite, if you can find an activity where you sort of zone out and you don't really think about anything, like I do it with skateboard or even when I'm like in the bath or whatever, like that's the kind, that's the kind of times where things will come to me just naturally. Like you get into that sort of like, I think it's called like, um, a flow state or something Mm. like that. I think I've heard it called that. So then you like, so when you're in that sort of state, like things come to you like that and you don't know where they come from, but you just write them down like that. And then um, sometimes I've tried to sit down and write actual stuff out. But then when it comes down to actually performing it, like I don't like it because it's like really like, like, it just seems really like rigid. Whereas I like to keep it like more open ended and that. but like there's like there's no real way of, of writing. I, I just write whatever the means are for whatever idea I have. Then that's how I do it. I think I like recording my podcast. So I do a podcast called the Alkaline podcast I do it. I try and do one a week where it's like half an hour to an hour of me just literally talking, just like trying nonstop, sort of like how I'm doing now. <laughs> um, and then I get some bits from that, too just by like talking and then so the first 10 minutes is often shit and this is why i don't have any listeners but after that it tend you tend to get on a good sort of roll and some funny stuff does sometimes happen
0: uh you warm up yeah um yeah i was listening to your alkaline podcast the other day i think i listened oh, to the first cool, one yeah. and then maybe the newest one as well
1: oh okay yeah, yeah. Like the little sandwich of mental health <laughs> <theme> <laughs> going on there. Yeah, i was
0: interested cool. in how your talking would have improved from the first to the last one
1: if anything it's got worse Checking. because the first yeah because the first one it was like a big thing and like i was like oh, i'm gonna try and make it like oh do you know what i mean make it like a show whereas now it's not it's not the most popular podcast in the world like i have i have some listeners and they're and, they're, and the people who do listen they get in touch with me and they say that they're like listening to it and that which is cool but like i start to realize that it doesn't matter like it's not important so like now it's much more low-key so like uh, now i'll literally just say whatever i want whereas before it was more like trying to be like and now i'm going to talk about this
0: oh you structured it out before
1: (laughs) yeah and and it's much better when it's loose i think so like like, so i think it's got better but but it's it's professionally got worse (laughs) do you know what i mean but the actual podcast has got better (laughs) oh that's interesting
0: because i didn't actually (laughs) notice the fact you were rambling more in your newest one than you were in the the first one.
1: No, no, I mean, I don't know if I'm rambling more. I mean, I've been just rambling the whole time, so... <laughs> Some people will message me about something. they would be like, oh, I listened to this episode from, like, two months ago. I really liked that bit. You should do that on stage. And I'm like, I fucking have no idea what you're talking about. Like, literally, the second I stopped recording, I've forgotten everything I've said. Oh, really? So I had, yeah, Max, it's just stream of conscience. Like, how many conversations do you remember with people? Do you know I mean? Maybe you do. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> but like i um but you know like sometimes i will listen back if i think i've got a good bit or whatever i will listen back and i have got some good bits out of out of doing the podcast but mainly it's it's good for just being able to just keep talking and like what it has helped me out most with is hosting gigs hmm. like more than just doing stand up but like actually like mc'ing nights so like now i can be like oh i know that if worst comes to worst i can just start talking <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just <good>. not stop. <laughs> Did you find it proper
0: nerve wracking the first time you sat down to put the mic on? Nerve wracking? Yeah. No. no, no, not it.
1: really. Sometimes it's quite frustrating. I don't get nervous doing a podcast because I'm just in my living room. I don't get nervous doing Zoom gigs either, and and that's sort of why I didn't like it because you don't get any of that adrenaline mm. from doing it. Sometimes you like you will know when you're recording a podcast, you'll know when you got into a good bit, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, and you try and keep it going for as long as possible, and you do get a little bit of an adrenaline rush from that. But like, um. No, I feel like when I started doing my podcast it was because I wanted to quit drinking. Mm. And I wanted to sort of chronicle <clears> that sort of time. And I, and I have I'm hungover right now to tell you how that's gone. <laughs> but <laughs> but but I did quit for like 3 months and then I did that was when I bombed for like a month straight like I was talking about before. Oh, um, after you quit. I just, yeah, I don't say okay. I'm not saying that I, I have to do stand up drug. I'm just saying no. that I think I was in a bad like mental health sort of period of time. But like um
0: there's probably a certain looseness you get as well from alcohol
1: yeah yeah the problem is is because i've got like a drinking sort of problem i'm a bit i'm like a binge drinker like i don't have to drink i don't get cravings to drink like all the time but if i do have one i will have 12
0: oh okay
1: (laughs) do you know what i mean so so i can so like sometimes it'd be like oh i'll have one before i go on and luckily, that like, like, normally that's fine. And then after the gig, maybe I will have too many, but some. But then it just starts, and then the next gig, you might have two before you go on. And then in a month, you're like going to turn it up at the gig six pints in, and then and, and everyone hates you. Oh shit! <laughs>
0: have you ruined any gigs from too much alcohol? Oh,
1: so you, if anyone's listening who promotes gigs, uh, no. <laughs> but if you, uh, but I have man, and and like you get there and you know it's been bad. Sometimes I mean. It's you're gambling a bit because sometimes it'll be amazing and it'll be because you're pissed mm. <laughs> sometimes, but you can't you can't rely on that. It's too it's too it goes bad more often than it goes good. And plus you don't get anything. Say say I bomb on stage and I'm completely sober. I don't feel that bad about it because I'm like well I've tried new material. Uh, I've done my best. Uh, maybe the audience didn't like me. I can handle it much more. If I like, bomb after even having one pint, I'm like. There's a there's a factor there that if I didn't have that pint, would I have bombed? And I don't know. Oh. So that makes me feel loads and loads worse for much longer if uh, than just being completely sober for it.
0: Okay, because you feel like there's something you could have done to counter that before.
1: Well, exactly. Well, if you do it completely sober, you you there's nothing you you could have done to change the outcome. Mm. Apart, well, there is, but like you'd be like, oh, maybe, I'll... but they, but you know, because you were there, like fully, like fully, like sort of. Coherent, you're like, oh, that joke, I said it wrong. Yeah. Fine, I'll just say it differently next time. Whereas, if you're drinking, you like, you just don't know whether it would have gone better if you were sober or not. That's all. So, and there's nothing, and you can't write rewrite that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, there's nothing you can do to change that. That's that's why it sucks.
0: Is there a certain amount of regretness from the fact that you feel that you have a problem with alcohol as well that adds to it?
1: I got a certain amount of regret from almost everything I've ever done in my whole life, man. Like, I, uh, <laughs> I. I am trying to be like it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? All the things that I've done in my past, you can't do anything about it, and and I feel like, I feel like one thing this lockdown has shown me, which is good, is that. It's so intangible, all the stuff that we've got. I talked about this in my last episode. If you listen to it, yeah, it's so intang- it's so intangible what we have. Like I was, I was doing all right for an open micer. I was like, sort of doing open spots at real clubs, and like the one of the last gigs I did before lockdown was the uh, Crater, which is like my, which was my big goal from starting starting stand up in Brighton was to play the biggest room in Brighton, which is Crater. Um, and I did that right before lockdown, and as soon as lockdown happened, it all just went away. I just had nothing, and everyone had nothing so i so then i was like oh it's actually really intangible it's not even a real thing that we have which has made me go approach uh stand up now more um like sort of in i'm gonna i'll have uh, the last gigs i've done since the lockdown has been eased uh, been much more fun because i'm like oh i'm just happy we get to do this as mm. opposed to like it's begun a, it's like a thing that we're trying to achieve do you know what i mean so i don't know what your question was but did that answer it i can't
0: remember <laughs> what the question was either um... <laughs> <laughs> i do
1: tend to just do tend to just talk and just not stop talking so do feel free to be like shut the fuck up <laughs>
0: no nah, it's good you're taking the reins i'm pretty tired today so uh it's good that you're talking <laughs> to <this. laughs>
1: hey that's cool man
0: yeah i remember you saying in that podcast i don't know if you just alluded to it just then but about the fact that you may feel like some gigs were beneath you and then because of the lockdown restrictions and then getting gigs again you're like uh the fact there's not that many people here is good, because we're allowed to gig again.
1: I'd like to rephrase that. Yeah. Uh, if I may, I never said, <laughs> all right, that any gig was beneath me. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> that was. My... <laughs> I, I
1: all I said was right, and all I said was right um, is that some gigs are shit, and just no, they just okay, are. Okay, not beneath you, but you shit. Won.
0: But you would you Look, you didn't I'm have the same you... reaction to to a gig that would have been considered shit before but it's good this yeah my,
1: so my so the point of what i was saying was is i one of the first gig that i did back was in a beer garden there was about eight people there and it was outside and a guy who was a neighbor chucked a full bucket of water over the wall because he wanted everyone to shut up <laughs> right i'm just saying that if someone said to me a year ago do you want to do this gig i'd be like you're out of your fucking mind me, mm. <laughs> but now I'm like that. Actually, sounds like an ideal gig now. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, some gigs are shit. Some gig situations. There's some venues that should never put on comedy that do put on comedy. Some people just think that you know a comedian's going to arrive. He's gonna have his own microphone. He's gonna be able to just stand up in the middle of a bar, start talking. Everyone's gonna love it. And that isn't how it works. It has to be like people have to know it's happening. You know how it is. People have to know what's going on. So uh, there's some 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 gigs are shit. But so but now the bar has been lowered what is a shit gig though now it's all different because the government have said that we're not allowed to hang outside in groups of six or more anymore even though we can still have gigs inside with over 100 people so um i don't know what they're doing that's bizarre uh, it's mad (laughs) yeah so uh so the bar for gigs is probably gonna start rising up again now they've put a stop to that but um but at the moment it's pretty low and i'm like i like that because they're the the kind of gigs that i normally get yeah (laughs)
0: Have you gone into yet, yeah. what What's your worst gig you've ever played? Either Bombed-wise or just the situation.
1: I did a gig in the middle of a casino um, that didn't have an audience, just people gambling, and they didn't want to hear me. And there was a big screen. There was a, do you know when they make a massive TV screen out of loads of different TV screens? Yeah. So there was like in sports stadiums. Mm. So there was like one of those behind me and it was giant. Yeah. And it was just on my face. <gasps> So I'm bombing, <laughs> talking to no one. I'm supposed to be doing 15 minutes. And behind me is an enlarged, I'm going to say, about 20 times the size of my own face <laughs> just behind me. So I turned around during my set. and for the, I watched myself bomb <laughs> on a huge <laughs> TV screen on the wall. And, um, and the only person who was even vaguely listening was one of the people running a roulette table that no one was using and i said well i'm gonna have to talk to you because you're the only one here and he said you can't talk to me i'm i'm working <laughs> <laughs> and i did my time man there were some other comedians on the gig who were like proper professional comedians. this was like bill this was like good lineup and uh and it was like paid and it was like professional gig mm. but But it was just... The guy who books it had obviously never been down there before because it was literally just in the middle of a casino on a raised-up sort of bandstand-looking sort of thing. Yeah, It was mad. And I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I did the full-time. It was mad. These proper professional comedians were coming on, doing a couple of jokes and just getting off. I did six minutes. And like because I'm new, I was like, I can't just. leave. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you can just go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Were you the first on as well? So you didn't realize I, was, that I that opened was it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I opened it, so I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I opened it, man. It was savage. It honestly, honest to God, I was literally just. It was so bad that it wasn't even painful. Like it was just so pointless. It was oh. just like I was just stood there. And like, I didn't feel. It wasn't like. I mean, getting ignored is one thing, but just just literally, like. People would just imagine losing money, mm. right? And just having me just this fucking this over this loud northerner just behind you just being like, Oh, you I'm sorry about you losing all your fucking money yeah. just trying to get some sort of reaction from them. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, that's the worst gig. I mean I've done some pretty bad gigs, but that is the worst one.
0: Uh-huh. That sounds horrible. But it's, it's quite so a funny bad. story, Though the fact that there was a big screen yeah. behind you, I think.
1: Yeah, that's the, that, was, that, that has never happened to me before or since. Like, just looking, just turning round, and just seeing my own dumb face just dying on its ass.
0: Super close-up.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Brutal. Oh, the worst thing is as well, because they had to... It was like... So they had sport on the screen. They had to turn off, like, the sport, just replacing it with my fucking face. So people were just so annoyed, <laughs> and it's oh. a casino. So people are probably even gambling on the sport that it was on. No one's mm. gambling on me. Do you know That's what I mean? G- it would have been an easy bet. This guy is going to die today. <laughs> Ten to a one. million to one. <laughs> no, not a million to one. One to one.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, what's your best gig? Was it Crater or is it uh, a different one?
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't Crater. I think my best gig. Crater was okay. Uh, that's another thing as well. You start to realize that gigs are just gigs. Like even you, all of the all of the stuff that makes it all of the stuff that makes it nervous, and that you're always projecting that onto the gig. Do you know what I mean? Creator runs every week regardless of whether I'm there or not. Do you know what I mean? And mm. these people are just going out. They don't care who the comedian is really. They're just going out to have a laugh, eat some fucking overpriced fries. Sorry, comedian. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but, but I mean, they, they, they're, they're a small business, man. They've got to, they've got to get their money. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, so like, I was like, oh, it's going to be the best gig of my life. And then I got there and it was fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just we just move, you just move on to the next gig. Probably, Newcastle stand was like one of the best gigs I've done. Maybe it's probably maybe not the best I performed, but it's the most fun I've had on stage. I started hosting at the Comedia um, in the smaller in the smaller room. I started hosting this um, this night called Stand Up and Slam, which is like poets versus comedians, and I emceed that. And I had it was the first time I had hosted at the Comedia. So a couple of those gigs like some of the best most fun I've had because it was like getting to actually host in front of like a real comedy sort of crowd which is cool because um, hosting an open mic is one thing but there's like 20 comedians you've got to bring up and it's just sort of like a bit like a fucking like cattle fucking factory do you know what I mean where I don't think a cattle factory is a real thing, but I'm gonna keep with the analogy. But um, but when you actually just hosting and there's only a couple of comedians and it's like you get to like stand up there for like ten or fifteen minutes, like talking to the crowd and that. I love that. So uh, that maybe maybe the stand up and slam was my favorite gig as well. But definitely Newcastle stand was up there.
0: Oh, ah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, what's your favorite joke you've ever written?
1: Favorite joke I've ever written. I um I don't know uh you don't have I to liked... tell it you can just
0: hint to it <laughs> it's gonna ruin yeah. it
1: <laughs> i came up i came up with this idea about how um how like centaur babies would have been like mad because you know like human babies are like shit aren't they mm. they just can't do anything and whereas horses are just born ready to go mm. boil in a bag horse uh i um i was like well how does a centaur work because it's half person half horses or the front half can't do anything and the back half is ready to go like just <laughs> running about oh, right. and, uh, and uh, so i had this whole bit and i think that was maybe one of my favorite bits it's hard to say really about your own jokes because like <laughs> as soon as you've written them you do them like i don't know probably one of my newer ones like there's stuff that i'm doing now but like as i say i don't know it's a harder it's easier to tell you what hasn't worked than what has worked <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you had any that you sure were gonna work but just never did? yes
1: Yes, so much, everything, most everything most. I ever write. I'm like, this is going to work, mate. 90% of it <laughs> fails. I Damn. tried out a new joke at um, the semi-final of the Laughing Horse Comedian of the Year 2018. And it went so badly that comedians that I was on the bill with messaged me about it still.
0: They still take the piss out of you? About yes.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you the joke it's so yeah, bad yeah, good my that. friend I had to make a podcast with my friend Jen Ives she's a, com- she's a comedian mm. in London she brings it up to me all of the time <laughs> all the time and because she the reason why is because she actually won that semi-final so she went through oh okay and I feel like I might have placed if I hadn't done this joke because literally I was having a well good set up until this and then it was just fucking silence I said how do you spot a pig a gangster <laughs> <laughs> Pork medallions. <laughs> do you understand that joke? So pork medallions is a cut of pork. It's like a kind of pork you can buy. Gangsters yeah, wear medallions, the medallions
0: don't is the, they? Is the is a medallion a bit of gold? So that what it yeah, is? Yeah,
1: it's a medallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like gangsters wear medallions. Pork medallions <laughs> is a cut of pork. What's how do you spot a gangster pig? Pork medallions. That is a fucking <laughs> great <laughs> Thing is, I tried it out one time before that gig at somewhere called the Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion, mm. and it worked. People laughed. Sam Rhodes laughed. It was great. I was like, "This is going to be fucking great." It's a silly <laughs> joke. It's a silly joke. It's family friendly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to love it at the fucking Savoy Tap. Uh, I went there. They did not. They just. I just don't think they got it. And <laughs> I can. I can understand that. And it's so stupid. I'm glad I did it though, because it. Because it. Because it means that my peers. All my comedian friends and now I have an extra thing they're allowed to make fun of me for, so I'm, I'm glad that happened.
0: <laughs> Did that? Was that your uh, closer joke for that, or was no, it? No, it wasn't even the closer. <laughs> I had to do more shit afterwards. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I've got a recording of it. I, I'll, I'll listen back, but I'm pretty sure I apologized. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Don't waf, ever waf, apologize waf. for a fucking joke, Jesus. <laughs> But no, but like, literally, you have to be like, you have you have to be like, if you write a joke, you have to be like, I'm sure that's going to work and I'm going to do it. Otherwise, mm. it's not going to work. If you get up there and you're like, oh, you see people like, I don't know. Sometimes things can take you by surprise by working more than you expect them to. Mm. But you have to at least be like, I'm saying this because I think it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: have you ever been in a situation where like uh, a crowd member's got like proper pissed off at a joke you've done?
1: Not pissed off, man. But the thing no. is, I'm—I don't really welcome that sort of heckle. I'm like quite—I don't know if you notice know about me, but I'm quite quite likable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but no. But I—I am like quite over the top sort of northerner. And when I'm on stage, I become more northern. I think I, maybe I, sorry, I think it's funny. It's kind of a gimmick, really. But mm-hmm. um, but I'm kind of, I'm working on this bit now. Where I'm talking about being an ex-northerner. I'm trying to work past it. <laughs> I'm going to like a support group and that. You know what I mean? It's like having anxiety attacks and I'm now a <laughs> but i uh, but like i i the heckles i get and i do get heckled a lot i get people joining in oh okay and which is more annoying because you can't even take them down because they're nice yeah they're like oh what's that what does that mean what's pork medallions that's (laughs) what i uh, so i but then sometimes it's fine like but sometimes i'll I'll talk to them a bit too much and it derails the whole thing and it's all like it's all like it all depends on the vibe of the room but some people hate it but if it's like a rowdy room and you stop people from joining in, everyone will hate you. But they want to join. Like, but then if everyone's like, well, up for it, you welcome a couple of people in. You're like, ah, that's ah, ah, good. Like, Have a little chat and that. It's, it's cool. Sometimes if they're like, if it's someone who's been a dick all night, if they start joining in, the crowd will love it if you tell them to shut up. Because they'll be like, finally, someone's told that twat to shut up. You just got to read the room of how to deal with it. But I never, I've never really got, I had a guy pretend he had cancer, which is, you didn't seem that bothered by that. But that's a weird heckle, isn't it?
0: that is weird That I'm, I'm, what he just.
1: <laughs> so he was va- he was an old he was an old man he was an old man who va- was vaping oh uh, right and I and I was like seems weird to quit smoking as an old man I feel like I'll just keep going at this point do you know what I mean that was yeah. my joke <laughs> I was just like you know what I mean we've not got long left yeah you know, yeah you've, you've had a good run why quit smoking now do you know what I mean <laughs> um which <laughs> but, but he was like oh no the reason I'm vaping is because I had cancer and I was like oh shit Sorry about that. And then moved on. And then then I came back and I was like, at the end of the gig, I was like, oh, I'm really happy you didn't die of cancer. And then got everyone to applaud him and was like, hooray, no cancer for that dude. And then after the gig, I went up to him and I was like, oh, I'm sorry for bringing that up. I didn't realize that you had cancer. And he was like, no, I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, why would you do that? This is a comedy show. Do you know what I mean? It's not fucking... (laughs) it's not fucking let's all talk about pretend cancer show and then i was like why have you done that and it was like well i was trying to help you out and i was like you thought bringing up cancer would help me out <laughs> i wasn't even having a bad gig it was the gig was going well i don't need you to stay cancer like shoe on cancer and try and improve what's already a good gig <laughs> <laughs> but then what was good about that is i ended up using that as a bit for like the next year so that's cool oh uh, that's good yeah
0: I guess any bad experience is horrible in the moment, but then they will—they're good material for later.
1: Yeah, it's either good material for later, or when you when you like you know when you do one that's really bad. Like, so say for that casino one, mm. I don't think I'll do another gig in a long time as bad as that. Yeah, and I no, and I sort of know that. So when I'm so no matter what gig I go and do now, I'm like at least I'm not doing that. At least it's not a giant screen behind me just projecting my pain onto the whole fucking town. Do you know what I mean? Because we're out, they're outdoor now. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's going to be like. People are going to be able to see my face for fucking miles, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that sad-looking man in the park over there? Well, I've never, do you know what I mean? Like some fucking independent film that no one ever wants to see. I wish I could get a copy of that big screen thing, by the way. That'd be cool, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> would, you, would you go back if they asked you back? <laughs>
1: um i mean it paid <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think so man i feel like no. the co- so it wasn't really my place to say but there was a couple of bigger acts on it mm. who did message to promote him was like we're not sure whether you've been to this gig or not but it is shit yeah yeah uh, so maybe he's and, I, and I, I haven't seen any more of them so uh i don't know but, maybe, but then there has been a coronavirus i don't know if you heard about that but there's yeah. been a coronavirus <laughs> lockdown so maybe that's why i don't know if c- casinos have opened up again i'm not sure so
0: if you write a joke and then you find someone else has a similar joke do you usually just fuck it off or does depend depend how much you like the joke
1: depends if i can fight them or not (laughs) (laughs) no i'm only joking if it's a joke tell you what if it's a joke that someone else has done on stage i will never do it again I, i just won't want to I I'll be like. I want to be more original than that. I was like, you could do it, and you could have a different angle. If it's the same, if it's the same subject matter, it's fine. Or, or if there's a meme that you find after. This is important because people kick off about this. If there's a meme that you find after you've already written and performed your joke, it's fine. People have sent me so so that centaur thing I said before. I did another podcast called the Startup Up Podcast. And in the break, we had a little break in the middle. Jack Blakeman, I'm calling him out, sent me, showed me a meme that someone had done of this centaur thing. But I'd already written and been performing that joke for months. Mm. I'm not saying someone stole it off me, but I know for sure I didn't steal it off this fucking meme. You didn't meme. see it? No, yeah. Yeah, there's a memes of fucking everything. So if you've honestly, I'm not saying take jokes from memes, but I'm saying if you honestly have written a joke and you know it's your idea, I got that joke from my podcast. I talk, I just started talking about it on my podcast. And I was like, that's a funny idea. And then developed it afterwards. Um, so so people do call people out for stuff like that. And I'm like, you shouldn't if that if that guy is honestly saying like, I honestly wrote that and it's and that and that's not even a, that's a meme. That's not something that someone's going to you're not going to see someone doing that at a gig or anything yeah. like that, then that's fine. But if you've seen someone do, do a joke or if you even for me, even if I've just written a joke that is the same as someone's, I haven't stolen it or nothing. But I I just wouldn't want to do it anymore, just because I would rather be more original. I wouldn't want to do jokes that other people have done. I want to talk about my own shit.
0: Have you ever had someone you suspect has stolen a joke off you? You don't have to. No one wants to steal my jokes, man, I tell
1: you. No, they don't. I have. I used to run a freelance uh, joke thief detective agency. I had a badge. (laughs) I'm not joking, I had a badge. (laughs) <laughs> right, someone made me a badge They had photoshopped a little hat With a cigarette and I, was, and I was Detective Riggs And the first case I got Was two people that I know One of them was a comedian in Brighton And one of them was a comedian in London Who does a character act And they went on mm. the same MCing course And my friend who lives in Brighton Did a joke in the course Like when mm. he was doing the, They had to do a set or whatever at the end And then the other guy started doing the joke On his gigs And I saw him do it and then Uh-oh. i told my friend and he said and then i and then i so basically i was like this guy's done your joke do you know him and he was like yeah we went in the same course and i did the joke there so i was like that's <sighs> a blatant joke that he's stolen that so yeah. then, so then i messaged the guy and I've, i sent him my badge <laughs> <I've got> a, <laughs> I, honestly i did i've got a little gif that i use which is the opening sequence of the, the show the bill do you remember the bill yeah 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 is so it the, walking, the, start, is it the walking they're legs? walking yeah the yeah, legs yeah. and then they come around in the police car so there's a gif of that on whatsapp so i i use that gif so i send the badge and i send the gif and i say you're a joke thief it. stop doing that joke right now and then they did and then, he, and then and then he was like the guy this is why i'm not gonna say his name because his immediate reaction was oh i suppose it is kind of like a like kind of like a basic idea isn't it <laughs> yeah. and i was like <laughs> And I was like, you're the one who's doing it on stage, not me. Do you know what I mean? Not me. That wasn't the problem. (laughs) It's a basic idea, then why are you doing it? So so I've actually had a few more cases since then of people using other people's jokes. Um, I haven't had one in a little while. But yeah, so I will, if I see someone doing something, I will mention it. So I would never accuse someone of nicking a joke. I'd be like, did you know someone has got the same joke or a similar joke? And nine times out of 10, they'll be like, oh, I don't even know who that guy is. And then you, and then it's up to them to be like, either talk to that person and be like, oh, you know, did you have you seen me before or whatever? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes they will get pissed off. And it's the ones who get pissed off that you know they definitely did steal it because oh, really? why would they care so? Much? Of course, because why would they be like that about it? Do you know what I mean? It's like the same when you catch them out lying, they always get really angry. Hmm. Yeah. So like, so like, most I'd say most people aren't out there to steal jokes, but some people do, and uh, when they do, and you call them out, then they normally those people are never going to be successful anyway. So it's fine.
0: On the flip side, have you ever written a joke and then realised you've heard it somewhere else?
1: Um, have I ever? No. I. That's no. sort of what I was saying before to you. I. I. Th- I think it's important to have like a, your own unique sort of stand-up voice. So if mm. I've written, I hopefully my material is only stuff that really could be said by me, and that's what I aim for. Obviously, that's not going to be entirely true. Like people are going to be able to make jokes about similar stuff, but I, but I would never want to be the kind of comedian who's like, "This is my bit about Tinder. This is my bit about Donald Trump. This is my bit about whatever." Do you know what I mean? Just because they are standard things that people do talk about, but it just doesn't, it doesn't relate to me or whatever. So hopefully, hopefully, I wouldn't even be able to steal someone's joke. Do you know what I mean? But like, there has. So there has been times where I will – something's been similar or whatever. But as I say, if it's too similar, I'll just drop it. I've got no problem. Thing is, um, if anyone's doing comedy – I've only been doing comedy for three and a half years. So if, if, if there's anyone who thinks that they're going to be doing – say you've got like a Netflix special. If there's anyone who thinks they're going to be doing any jokes from their first three and a half years in that Netflix special, then that's mad, isn't it? that's crazy I mean imagine finding out that Bill Burr did his first ever joke in his last special and he's been doing comedy for 30 years you'd be like why are you doing that <laughs> so any, so just don't be precious about any of the material you've got now you should, people should be turning over their jokes anyway Like so if, so if you find out someone's nicked one of your jokes let him have it fuck it off write a better one do you know what I mean whatever so that, so I, so I wouldn't do that. And if if I've come up with a premise that's too similar to someone else, I just wouldn't want to do it anyway. So I'd I'd stop it before it even got out of out of control. But um, sometimes you'll see a joke and you're like, I wish I wrote that joke because it's fucking great but um but you would never that's as far as it goes you know
0: yeah, yeah.
1: imagine them playing this back in court like after i'm being accused of yeah. stealing someone's whole act <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just me just like oh, i'd never do anything like that do you know <laughs> <what I mean>? <laughs> <laughs> i'm sat here like fucking just smashing watermelons like gallagher or something i yeah uh, um... <laughs> I thought it was original. Yeah, Yeah. but I do watch other comedians for inspiration. Like, Mm. I I like watching comedy specials, and I'll be like, "What would I say if I was in that situation?" Like, "What would I say if I was on that stage?" Like, but I don't look at it like their material. I look at it like their presence, like their stage presence. Would I? have that same stage presence how so say when i watch someone do a theater show i'd be like oh how would i what would be the first thing i'd say if i came out to do a theater and sometimes i write material like that and like oh because you'll think about stuff like frame but frame it in like a different setting so so that's so i watch so i watch comedy for inspiration but not not necessarily the jokes they're using just sort of the situation that they're in
0: yeah uh that's really interesting and the the angle i was thinking of was more like if you're sitting around listening to jokes all day then one of them might pop up in your head and you don't realise that right. you've heard it somewhere else
1: yeah I guess so I guess so um but you you would know I feel like you would know I feel <laughs> okay. like I just, I just don't think it's happened to me but I feel like if it did happen you would know I feel like yeah. the people who, the people who are stealing jokes know mm.
0: yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Some yeah people no, don't that's, have a that's only going to happen like once or twice to a person isn't it well whereas the steely people are going to be constantly doing it
1: yeah i've heard people i've heard a promoter i was at a gig mm. uh, i won't say where it was or who it was or even give you a little hint because uh <laughs> because i've got i've got booked to gig with him really soon <laughs> 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 but, but he gave someone advice which was if you see a meme you use it because he's like oh. it's the internet it's fair game it's not stand-up <clears throat> it's basically what his argument was it's not stand-up so you can use it but then I'm like, what if you like see something on a sitcom? Can you use that? That's not stand up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you, sh- you should. The point is, is you shouldn't want to do that.
0: No, no, definitely not.
1: Yeah, and it shouldn't even cross your mind to do it. But the thing is, where comedy is a bit like. People, it is one of the arts people people look at paintings and and like plays and stuff like that and comedy is part of that like but people don't really see it as that because it always happens in a fucking basement bar and it's normally always shit right <laughs> <laughs> but, but like people people forget that and we're creative people and we spoke we should look at ourselves as artists and you wouldn't just paint a picture that someone else has painted you know what I mean like you should never write a book that someone else has written like in yeah. the same way you shouldn't you shouldn't want, you shouldn't want to write things that people have already said
0: a hypothetical: If you've written a bit and then you see
1: Have someone you else you stolen who's... some jokes, is that no, what this no, is? No, no. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of you like I don't know. <laughs> hmm, let's just I know oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you the exact situation I'm, can find I'm referring to
0: is I, I saw and I'm not having delusions of grandeur here, thinking that Ricky Gervais has stolen a joke off me, but I just saw like one a part of a joke I wrote, but then his is just a throwaway line, and then mine is uh like a whole bit so i'm thinking should i get rid of the whole bit because like a section has appeared in a different comedians special that's very similar
1: do you think ricky gervais has seen senior act no i don't think <laughs> that's no. Uh, well tell, <laughs> me the, tell me the bit tell me the joke
0: uh well it was just about you know the the burning monk guy and uh it was it's seen as such a powerful Oh, for the, the Rage for him Against the Machine be, album cover. Yeah, yeah, for him yeah. to be set on fire. But it's like, well, what good is him setting himself on fire? That's pretty much the premise of the Ricky Gervais bit, which is right. similar to mine, but mine went into a whole thing about
1: No, no, because that's that's cause that on its own isn't a joke, is it? That's just an opinion. You know, yeah. Like, I yeah. think that, that so you can have you can have parallel thinking and you can have similar opinions as long as the punchline which is like the thing that you've made up the thing that makes it funny as long as that's not the same it's fine like you can have you can have the same premise you can have the same ideas as other people imagine living in a world where you could only have your own individual ideas yeah i mean it would be ideal but there would be people with mad ideas (laughs) you're allowed to share like uh, you're allowed to share similar ideas okay but like um and also i would say if ricky gervais has got one of your jokes let's just stitch the joke you would say <laughs> ditch I mean, the joke we're we're better than that oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, only, I'm only joking ricky gervais is a much much more successful comedian than I
0: yeah like. <laughs> no i was i was thinking of it more more if someone sees you uh and then has already watched the ricky gervais bit and thinks oh this guy's a cunt because he's doing that bit but it might not even be the same
1: again it's up to you if you're worried about that then maybe don't do the bit like if you're but if you if you can defend yourself in that if you like I'm prepared for someone to say that I'm just gonna say that we have just had a similar idea my joke's completely mm. different if you're comfortable with doing that then it's the bit's probably fine if you're mm. really really worried about it it's probably too much it's all based on instinct. instinctually you'll yeah. know instinctually you'll know whether either you've stolen it or you haven't stolen it or whether it's good enough to keep doing or whether it's not and like that's basically comedy. I think stand-up comedy is just pure you just know, like it's pure instinctual. If someone asks you to do a gig, like you immediately know whether it's going to be worth it or not. If you yeah. if you write a bit, you instinctually know, oh, this works because it's got the right rhythm. And instinctually mm. know this is going to work on stage. If you, uh, so yeah, like and and you need to rely on your instincts a lot in comedy because you'll be, because um, you have to think a lot in the moment when you are actually in front of a crowd. So like it's good to rely on your instincts a lot. And if your instincts is telling you to ditch the bit, then ditch it. But if it's telling you that it's fine, then it's probably fine
0: i I wasn't actually caring it was just an interesting thought i had
1: yeah <laughs> you're like fuck it i did i did i did ricky gervais whole animals yeah. special last yeah. week <laughs> <so it's fine. laughs> do you like ricky gervais is he one of your one of your boys
0: uh he's a, he's okay yeah
1: yeah i i feel like his uh i mean i i you shouldn't really say much about other people's stand-ups but i don't really like that kind of stand-up where it's like someone added me on twitter and then i responded like this and then he puts it on a projector behind him and I, it's like it's sort of like bigging himself up it's like do you know when someone tells you how many fights they've had mm and it's like, oh, I just kicked the shit out of this guy the other day. I'm like, I just don't care. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's just weird, braggy. It's braggy comedy, and, and that's not really what I'm into. I mean, a lot of people are, and, and, the, and he's really good at, like, cutting. Like, when he does them, like, you know, when he does them speeches or when he hosts award shows and stuff, that's funny. Mm. But, like, his actual specials, which is, like, look how much I, like, trolled this guy on Twitter. Like, I just don't really <laughs> like that bit of it. That's all.
0: At what point does stuff like that become prop comedy? Or,
1: uh, having projectors and if stuff you're like having
0: that. If you happen to bring up, like, a. a... A previous instance or something like a uh...
1: yeah there's no problem with prop comedy i've like thing is like i've tried it out I, I mean not to the extent of just doing puns but i have like i don't know if you've ever seen it but i used to have this letter the government sent me a letter in 2010 which basically they thought i died
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell how did this happen
1: so i so i was in my student house and i just got a letter through the door and it said to the, the estate of the late mr dc reagan and that's me and I was like, I'm not dead. I'm- I-, I received the letter for me. And it was basically the letter was saying that I basically hadn't an- earned enough in my life to-, to have to pay any tax after I'm dead, which is Ooh, good.
0: sick burn. It's
1: good, I suppose. <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged sword, that. It's like, you- you're, not- you're not very successful, but you're not, you- you're not in some post <laughs> debt. You're
0: not dead, so- you're just skinned. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I had to phone them up and I'd be like, they were like, how can I help you? And I was like, just wanted to let you know that I'm alive. I'm here, uh, and they were like, and they they didn't seem bothered. They were like, oh cool, I'll just write that on the thing. And I'm like, you're not bothered that you've just declared me dead. I sh- I realised now that I should have kept kept the lie going for like another two years because I could have um, not had to pay tax and shit. Wow. But there was a guy who was declared, he went missing, was declared hmm. dead in like Poland or or somewhere around there, and then about 20 years later he came back, and his wife had declared him dead and everything. Uh, and then he tried to get reinstated back alive again, and he couldn't do it.
0: The yeah, judge... yeah, I was going to bring that up. Do you remember actually, that story? Yeah, yeah, the yeah.
1: Ju- yeah. The judge said no, so he's now technically dead. <laughs> I'm so so dead. I'm glad. So I'm glad I <laughs> him up when I did. Do you know what I mean? But so I used to have that bit on stage. I used to pull out the letter. And uh, they used to be laminated so I could pass it into the crowd because it just kept getting ripped up. And I kept losing yeah. it all over kept London. There's like, there's, yeah, so I've got it on my computer, so i just print a new one off at, before each gig. And then I'd yeah. get drunk and I'd leave it in London somewhere. So there's oh, like shit. 20 of these letters in London. So there's loads of letters round about you yeah, being dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why I keep getting all these spam calls about people trying to steal my identity because it's got all my national insurance and shit on it. But...
0: <laughs> have <written> but,
1: <laughs> so but when i yeah but so when i did the that bit on stage i would have the letter with me so that's kind of prop comedy in it and i kind I of a, but,
0: yeah I, and then
1: i tried to try to bit out with audio as well i had some mp3 player and i had some like clips yeah. from like tv shows that i thought were funny that i would like top yeah and do a bit about them and stuff so you, i think when you first start comedy you should try all that stuff out so yeah
0: you know. i'd say it's more when i'm saying that you're you're sort of creating a circumstance later on to then talk about, whereas this is just a freak accident where the government fucked up and thought you were dead. So you brought it up yeah. and no one would so, believe uh, you unless you brought so the letter.
1: I think that the, yeah, so I've tried it without the letter and it a mm. bit does still work, but they need to be like, because most people don't believe me. <laughs> but like, so, um, but I, I think I figured out what actually happened. So I used to work at co op, mm. uh, the shop, and when I left, there must have been a, a couple of boxes like why did he leave and one of them must have been like he left to better his life On <laughs> the next one underneath must have been he left because he died Yeah, and they must have ticked the because That's he died box <laughs> I thought you were going to the say you called
0: up and uh, said you can't make it into work because you're dead
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah and then the government <laughs> uh, because the government is so good at checking up on people and looking after their citizens were just like oh right, I guess he must be dead then and Fuck then just hell. and then just Started the process of kill it, of the burying me in admin. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's crazy. I wonder how often that happens.
1: Probably loads. I don't know. It's <laughs> it, it happened to me. Like the only time it's it only happened to me once, so <laughs> no, I know mean, but this this was it like that again. happened to me like seven years before I started doing stand up. Mm. And like that was the first thing that I kind of maybe the first bit that I ever did, like proper bit that I ever did on stage.
0: Well, it it's a crazy circumstance, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking funny as fuck, man. I can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so you got a couple of podcasts which is the alkaline podcast which we already mentioned and then the podcast yeah. you do with uh what's her name jen jen ives, ives comedian jen ives. ives it's the
1: who is she podcast we're watching all of the original big brother series one from the start on youtube and then doing a podcast <laughs> about it
0: <laughs> well, ma- <laughs> what made you decide to do that
1: um, well we just watch loads of shit i love all that <laughs> reality tv stuff man it's so bad it's so shit like but like i just love it it's like car crash tv but when we, we just we just think we tried out a bunch of different podcasts and and she's got a really good podcast called real girl talk as well and um and uh we tried out a bunch of different podcasts um we just like like making podcasts together and we just tried to find one that had a good formula that stuck again not many i don't think many people listen to it but if you are listening to this and want to listen to that then um go on i listen to what spotify who is she podcast or like you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, Who Is she? Pod and that sort of thing. So yeah, it'd be cool if you got more listeners. Cause, uh <laughs> Do you
0: do you, you get you know, shown on like uh, Spotify uh how many people have listened?
1: Not publicly.
0: No, just privately. privately private download.
1: Yeah. I don't look. I don't care. Yeah. the thing is, I'm gonna keep making pods anyway. Like my podcast is literally I do it for me more than I do it for anyone listening. Like it's just good to sit down and it's like a sort of it's just good to sit down and just talk for like an hour a week um just to practice it do you know what i mean so i so i never look at how many people listen and uh, jen's got the numbers for the who is she pod i never ask her like for me i just like it to be fun like making it for fun
0: mm. do you feel like i put too much pressure on yourself if you realized like it got how how popular? little people or oh, how, people how little
1: that's <laughs> the, what i don't i don't want to know that i don't want to be doing a podcast and being like only two people are going to hear this i mean i don't care it doesn't bother me that only two people are going to listen Uh, but Mm. I just don't need to know that Mm. (laughs) do you know what I mean you rather not know I like to imagine I like to imagine that thousands of people are going to listen to it and it's on the internet forever so you never know like that could one day you could be like Van Gogh mate. people could like not appreciate you (laughs) in your own time or that sort of shit
0: (laughs) I did listen to a bit of the first Big Brother one Oh yeah. Who is she? But my phone kept fucking up, so it kept like every time it would close, it wouldn't keep playing. So I kept having to open it, and it was just in my head. And yeah. so I made it like ten minutes in. uh yeah. But you, you said you lived in Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, I lived in Northern Ireland for three years. But well,
0: that's interesting. What was that like?
1: Yeah, uh it was. Uh, I was like ten. So it was, oh, uh, okay. I lived on an army base. Are you, are you from Northern Ireland or something?
0: No, nah, no, I was just interested.
1: Oh, uh, okay, cool. So my dad is in the RAF regiment. Um oh, okay. Uh, he went to he went to Northern Ireland when it was bad in the end mm. of the 70s before I was born and uh, loved it so much that he begged the army to send him back again. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, oh, no, no, I'm only joking. Of course, he didn't it so much. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that.
0: This would be nice when it's not chaotic.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It- I've got bomb fragments in my shreddies, but it's <laughs> lovely. I um I we went back during the ceasefire, so it was like mid 90s, 1997. I was there when Diana died. I was there when the millennium happened. Oh. Um, I lived on an army base, but we went to school like we went to school like in the in the proper town. It was the town Antrim, uh, so we would like mix with like, um, you know, the with with. with so we on the evenings and weekends we'd be on an army base, but during the, the day we'd be out in. In Northern Ireland, I guess it's, I, I liked it, man. I, I used to do uh, I used to do a bit of sports. I used to do a bit of judo there, so I used to like um, do that quite a lot, and it was cool.
0: Oh, okay. Um, you you also used to be in bands and stuff. When when yeah. did you start playing music?
1: Uh, so I um, I was go- I was going to be the next Kurt Cobain.
0: <laughs> Weren't we <you> all? Hasn't, <laughs>
1: hasn't, hasn't happened yet. I'm still waiting for the bit in the Kurt Cobain autobiography where he starts takes up stand up comedy and Chris <laughs> Devan. <Barnard>. It hasn't <laughs> happened. But I'm sure I'm sure it's towards the end of the book. <laughs> I I don't know what happens at the end of the book, by the way. So don't ruin that for me. <laughs> but like, I uh... <laughs> uh... um. But I um. So I always wanted to be a bandsman. Like so I I, I st- um I started playing guitar when I was like sixteen. Pretty shit at the guitar, but I then started singing for this band. It was punk because we couldn't play our instruments. Mm. Um. So we just had to be a punk band. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. But like. Uh... <laughs> but like we so in college I was in bands and then I went, I moved to Brighton because I wanted to go to the music uni here which is the Brighton Institute of Modern Music mm. which is um which is quite a well-known music university so I got I got did like a degree I got like a A levels and in that in music and then came down here 12 years ago to do music and then i was a singer of a band for like seven years like a hard rock band called sweet ether i was listening to a bunch last night i got a bit drunk and nostalgic last night and listened <laughs> to all my old music and then i and then i had an idea about making a fly on the wall documentary about getting the band back together uh, and then i woke <laughs> up the, and then i woke up this morning like nah, nah. no but <laughs> but it's hard being in a band that's why a long thing i like about stand-up comedy is you just sort of do it on your own like you've hmm. only got yourself to answer to and you don't have to carry around equipment which as a singer of a band i didn't have to do that anyway but like um and uh but like but it's good not to be like oh we can't do this gig because our guitarist is like you know in cornwall or whatever (laughs) but like um but like but not but that's what the reason why i like doing comedy so much at the start is is it because everything that you achieve and every single failure you have is all because of you Mm. i mean you're the only person to rely on it means you get to be like if you if you are successful you're like oh i've achieved this and then if you fuck up, then you've got no one else to blame.
0: That's awesome. That's weird. That's interesting. We've had a similar sort of history of coming to Brighton. Because I came to Brighton about 11 years ago to do music production at a Brighton bit. Uni. Oh,
1: Brighton Uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, but it was in cool. Eastbourne. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. The Brighton um, the, the Brighton part of eastbourne yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so a, uh, I, yeah. How did you did you find it? You're still making music now?
0: Uh, still a bit. I'm in a band with my partner, actually.
1: Oh, cool! Cool, yeah. a family band like the Carpenters.
0: Kind of, we've got uh, two other members who are yeah not related. And you, and
1: you, uh, and you like eating dinner? I should. I don't know to, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's an anorexia joke. I don't know. How, I don't know if you want to keep that in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad about that almost as soon as I said it. By the way, um, and and again, apologising for saying jokes. I've got to stop doing that. I didn't, yeah, don't apologise. Yeah. <laughs> All my jokes are about food or the lack of food. It's either pork medallions or anorexia. Them are two speeds. I, um, so what kind of music do you play?
0: Oh, uh, I think it's been described as horror surf. <laughs> I
1: thought I you were just... about to say it's been described as horrible. Oh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> horror surf.
0: Horror surf.
1: Well, I know sort of like rockabilly sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I once played a played a gig with a band called the B-Movie Vampires at the Camden Turtle, uh, the Purple Turtle in Camden. They were sort of like a pop-punk rockabilly sort of thing, right? Okay. And this, this singer came out. There was two people in the audience. One of them was his dad. And the singer came out and was like, I want to see everyone at the back clapping their hands. And he just started doing this. And the only person clapping was his dad at the back of the room. And it was one of the most embarrassing things I've <laughs> oh, ever seen. And I almost wanted to quit music right there. Music is embarrassing, <laughs> I think much more embarrassing than comedy Comedy's pretty embarrassing as well but yeah it's quite embarrassing so like you um cool you got an album or you got an, what's, what's oh, we've got some music calls.
0: out yeah on uh spotify it was just oh, yeah, joanna cool. and the dropouts
1: she's your what is it are you married is it your girlfriend
0: uh we're we're engaged
1: you're engaged cool you know she's called you a dropout there do you know yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 no, i'm not very happy with the name <laughs> <laughs>
1: where would you play guitar
0: i play bass but play i do bass. play guitar as well cool, but man. not in the band
1: Yeah, yeah, nice, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I quite, I like music, man. As soon as I stopped playing music, I got so much back into, I got much more back into music again. Like I listen to music all the time now, whereas Mm. I stopped. It's weird, like being in a band and like having to always rehearse and going to gigs and people not giving a fuck about your band and having to self-promote on like Facebook and all this sort of shit. I just stopped listening to music. It was bizarre. Oh, really? It was, was, yeah, just, it was like, it was like I just didn't want, it was like, became like a weird sort of job and like, and it just wasn't fun and like, I just, I, I say I stopped listening to music didn't have anything to do with music apart from the fact that I was constantly just trying to do band admin and like, since I stopped being in my band and like, I had a year of just not doing anything. I just, and now I'm just like, just in it, like, cause, cause I, d- I don't really watch much comedy, but now I listen to loads of music. <laughs> so oh, <okay>. It's good. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I love, I love it, man. Like music's it's so important to me now. Like, and I'm glad, I'm glad that it took me to quit music to realize that. <laughs>
0: okay. What, what music do you like listening to?
1: I listen to all sorts, man, but I really like <laughs> sad electronic dance music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like, uh, Maribou State, Moby, Mode Rat, um, Aphex Twin. Oh yeah. Um, just like, do you know, really atmospheric, it's like, not really like trancey, but just like loads of simps, atmospheric, quite sad, it's lyrics about suicide, that sort of thing. But I also like, I also love uh, people like Leonard Cohen, uh, B- Bowie, songwriters like that. Um, and then I like, I like a lot of alt rock, I like, I like a lot of shoegaze music, I like I really like the band Slow Dive, and there's a band called Eat who were like, um, and there's a band called Were, who I liked until my trans friend told me that they were really transphobic. I was like, I said said to my trans friend, uh, I was like, you should check out this band. I think they're really cool. And I sent her the link, uh, which is uh, the band Were, and she Googled them, and the top search was them just posting loads and loads and loads of transphobic stuff. And she messaged me back, and she was like, thanks for introducing me to the soundtrack of transphobia. Why on earth have you sent this band to me? And I was like, oh man, I just had no idea. Like, what are the chances? What are the fucking chances? It was but, um, either I, I t-
0: accidental or an t- elaborate prank.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it really wasn't, man. And like, it's really ruined the band for me as well. Oh, but, like, um, but like, but like, I, I guess I listen to pretty much everything. But I do like. I, I used to be well into like heavier music, mm. and it's got kind of softer as I've got older. Do you like, uh, Radiohead. Yeah, I love Radiohead, man. Yeah. I like I like, I like, like later Radiohead. Like, I really like uh, In Rainbows. King of Limbs is one of my favorite albums. Uh, I love Lotus Flower and stuff like that. I love okay. it. Moon, Moonshape Paul was sick, I thought. Uh, I really liked uh, the full band version, True Love Waits, right at the end of uh, Moonshaped Paul. Call. I
0: haven't heard that one. I'll have to check it out. Oh, really? Yeah, I've literally, all the ones you mentioned are the only ones I haven't listened to, and I've got them all on yeah. my fucking phone, uh, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I just have not got around to listening to the new ones.
1: I saw them at Regent's Park once and it was really good. It was the in Rainbows tour, so they played like in Rainbows from start to finish and then added a few songs from, like The Bends and OK Computer and that and it was yeah. Really
0: cool. Yeah. Uh, oh okay. Yeah. I really like um uh OK Computer it might be my yeah. favorite. Or it got how,
1: voted uh, the it got voted the best album of the 20th century and I don't know <laughs> if I really agree with that. But no it did. It, it was like Q magazine or I don't know. I don't know how much sway Q magazine have in the actual natural Forgot like, about Q magazine. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like um but yeah it got voted like the best album of the whole 20th century and i don't know if you agree with that i mean it's good it's definitely I
0: good. yeah i haven't heard them all <laughs> yeah have to
1: that's hear a good all point i mean we're gonna have to listen to every album aren't yeah. we, point, <laughs> every single one
0: i'd say it's pretty that's good weird. i really yeah. like oh is it hail to the thief is that the album or is that the song name song? hail
1: to the thief is an album i think yeah that i don't know yeah I really like yeah that well. i sort of don't know too much about that middle period of radiohead like i'm talking like amnesiac mm. uh, kid a and hail to the thief or whatever um that sort of period no no but i have since gone back and i listened to them loads like i love i love the, especially amnesiac and uh, kid a's quality album i thought you, but, yeah yeah uh,
0: those are the ones when you said about the sort of like in synthy music those are the ones i thought of
1: yeah yeah so i mean obviously radiohead a really cool man like there's um there's a thing worth called uh, if you watch on YouTube, it's called Radiohead from the basement and it's the Hall of in Rainbows, and it's incredible. And while you're at it, watch P. J. Harvey from the basement because that is honestly unreal. like <laughs> everything.
0: Oh, geez, got a lot of stuff to watch. <laughs> yeah. half the bands you mentioned, I didn't recognize the name.)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. that's well, good.
0: Well, oh have you got what gigs have you got coming up Yeah, get your diary, diary out, out get on. your plugs in.
1: By the way, if you do come and watch any of these comedy gigs, you are going to have to come in a group of six. So um, <laughs> choose, choose wisely. Um, so tonight, <laughs> tonight, and wear a mask. Tonight is um, the Martha Gun. You, this is going out. So wherever this goes out, last Saturday I did the comedy cult of the Martha Gun. Got a competition next week. How mad is that? Competition? Yeah, no one's done any gigs. I've done three. I've done, I think I've done six gigs in six months and they want me to do a stand-up comedy competition. Oh, well. By the way, a competition which I've done twice and failed fucking miserably at. So both times. <laughs> uh, South Coast Community of the Year in Portsmouth. Uh, yeah. Doing that on Wednesday the 16th. The 17th, I'm getting the train back that way to Bognor Regis um, to do a gig at the Hoffhampton Arms. If you're from Bognor Regis, move. Um, <laughs> uh, the 19th um back in brighton carolina first gig back in carolina brunswick it's called cackle comedy it's run by my friends alice india and katherine uh katherine kenway uh katherine atkinson um that's at the carolina brunswick so that's one you could probably genuinely come to that's on the 19th of uh, september uh the 23rd i'm gonna plug this it's sold out but i'm gonna plug it anyway because i'm on the bill with sarah baron and sean walsh who are like legit oh, famous no. people yeah yeah so um So I'm doing that on Saturday, on Wednesday the 23rd. And then the 24th, I'm back to Portsmouth again. Portsmouth comedy scene is fucking booming right now, (laughs) I'm telling you. 24th of um, September, I'm at Lampoon Comedy. No, it's Southampton. Shit in the bed. Going to be spending a lot of time on the train. And then I'm doing one. uh, I don't know if you saw two promoters from the South Coast had an absolute fucking meltdown and started phoning the police on each other recently. No, what? (laughs) Oh, right, yeah. They were trying to run bandstand shows, and then they fell out, and then they started just grasping each other up for not socially distancing properly, and it was all mad in public. I'm doing one of their gigs on uh, uh. the 30th <laughs> September. That should be good. And I'm doing one in Eastbourne. Uh, Do you live in Eastbourne? No, I
0: did for a year, oh, but right. that was like ten years I'm ago. I'm
1: doing yeah. And then you were like never again. Never. You're gonna have to. You'll move back there when you're an old lady. Yeah, that's, like, oh, that's where the old ladies go to die. i go there to die. Um, yeah. I'm <laughs> doing that. I'm doing it East. I'm doing the witchy? sheaf in Eastbourne um, oh, on where's the, the first of October it's like sort of outside it- and that is a prime example of one of those gigs where I'm like oh this is not gig normally isn't the best but this is the gig where now a gig's a gig mm. do you know what I mean because it's because we're allowed to go out of the house we should just be grateful for what we got is it
0: in the old town
1: it's like in a little village sort of outside of Eastbourne uh, okay I don't know Eastbourne that well I've-, I've only gone there for comedy really but I went there for the air show once actually hmm I took my child, char- I took my ch- my my children, but they were really little, and they just spent the whole time fucking screaming. And I'll tell you why they were screaming, because there must be something built into us from maybe like the world war or something. When an old war plane flies at you from the south coast sea, it just makes people shit themselves. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're like, ah, <laughs> the Blitz again. You know?
0: It's like when you see it's a like... spider.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate spiders, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like so that, that, but in the sky and giant. Yeah. But that's it. that's it. I've got I've got more later on. Um, but for now, that's September. It's quite a few gigs there, isn't there. Gone gone from doing fuck all to doing like two a week. Whereas normally I'd average of doing like, ideally you want to be doing like five or six a week, sometimes even seven. But like two a week, I'll take that for now. Two or three a week, that's, that's cool for me.
0: No, that's really good. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you found that many actually.
1: Yeah, you just got to take, at this point you just got to take what you can get. And it's again, it's like putting in, you just got to do the, you just gotta get on them, basically. Like I try and do an hour. I try and do like an hour of just basically looking to see what gigs everyone else is doing, and then just try and get in on. Try and get in on them. Oh, okay. That's how I book. I I basically I do a gig. I every comedian that I was on the gig, I'll just add them on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Facebook, whatever. And then they're, they're right there. And then for an hour, I'll literally just scroll, scroll through social media, be like, oh, this person is doing a gig there. And then I'll find out what the gig is. And then I'll find out who promotes it. And then I'll be like, oh, can I come and do your gig sometime? That's all I do for booking. Oh, okay. And then the logic of it is, is hopefully I'll get better at stand up, Then I'll start getting better gigs. Then I'll be able to start following and adding better comedians who are doing better gigs. And then I'll be able to find out who the promoters are. So, so hopefully it'll, it'll be an exponential rise just by progressing through comedy by doing it this method i hope it works out like that (laughs) because there's a chance that if i just there's a chance that you could just end in the same bar gig all the time because you've only had one guy and that's the only gig he does so (laughs) (laughs) but the more you the more you get into into the scene man people like i pretty much know everyone on the scene now people do start to like i've got to the point now where people start asking me for gigs most of the gigs on there people have asked me to come as opposed to me Asking them, it's oh, a good it is. position to be in. I think. Are these people
0: yeah. you've worked with in the past or approached in the past?
1: Yeah, people I've worked with in the past, man. Like, there's a, the, the person who got me on the Sean Walsh <laughs> gig is uh the Neon. She runs thing called Neon Flamingo, which is a promoting company in London. And they always, she just knows everyone, so she always has amazing lineups. All her gigs are amazing, and she really looks after the comedians who do the gigs. And the only reason I'm on the gig is because. Um, you just all you gotta do to be a comedian is go to the gig and not be a dick. And if people ask you to come to do their gig, there's almost a seventy percent chance that you're not a dick. At least you might be a dick, but you're good enough at hiding it, which is good enough. That is yeah, good enough. You don't seem like a dick. That is good <laughs> enough. But like, but yeah, just be sound, write jokes, don't steal people's jokes, and you'll be fine.
0: I thought of a question I I thought of earlier, but then forgot about it. Uh, when someone heckles, have you met anyone? In your everyday life, who is actually a heckler and what is going through their head when they do it?
1: People love it. Some people go specifically to heckle. I've had conversations with people where they're like, You're lucky I heckled then because I saved the gig. And you're like, No, you didn't. You just made. Like, sometimes you can be bombing and people are like, Oh, I'll help (coughs) him out by shouting this thing out. And then. Either it makes you bomb even harder, or you like it does turn around. But the thing is, like, it's not helpful mm. to me because I want to be able to get out of that situation. I'm not taking this guy with me to all the gigs I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? So like, he's not going to be there. And like, who is he to train me at the thing I've chosen to do? You wouldn't go to a restaurant and be like, "This steak isn't cooked how I want not cooked." And even though, even if it is, just because you want to challenge the chef, like, who do you think you are? Just because you eat food, do you know what I mean? You can't. Like, you wouldn't ever go. Like to someone's like building a house and you wouldn't just take a couple of bricks just to challenge him. Like, what's he going to do in this situation? Do you know what I mean, it's not your fucking job. Fuck you. If, you. if you go to comedy to just to heckle people, you're a prick. <coughs> Stay at home. Watch Netflix. No one wants you there. It's never helpful. It never is. And it's always some drunk cunt and it sucks. Right. And it's never good. Tell you what, if you want to if you want to be a stand com- comedian, just do a f- open mic. And, like, and you'll realize how the dickheads like you come to comedy, you'll realize how much of a nodder they are. <laughs> all right? Sometimes, and I'm not talking about heckling. Sometimes, I'm not talking about all... Sometimes it's okay. And you can tell. Just read the situation. Sometimes the comedian will ask you something. Mm. Answer mm. him. And just answer him honestly. Don't try and be funny. Just answer him honestly and let the comedian make it funny. Yeah. Right? Or I'm just talking to the... I'm just talking to any potential hecklers <laughs> out there. But just but just find it in your heart just to shut up like because like like most of the time you'll be like i think i'm quite funny sometimes you can see someone in the crowd who's just annoyed the fact that you're doing well on stage. And like, you can just tell because they think they're funny. They think that they're the funniest person in their friendship group. And they're like, I could do that. And I'm making their friends laugh. And they're like, oh, my friends have never laughed like this before. I'm sure I could do it. And they're just like, then they're physically, invisibly annoyed by you just doing well on stage. And it's really weird. They're the kind of people who will heckle you and like, like things that are mean. Uh-huh. And like, you like, and in that situation, they've already lost because you're like, fuck off and you've already like whatever do you know what i mean as long as you're not an absolute as long as you don't say anything that just makes you worse than them then you're you're always gonna win in that situation but um hecklers just need to fucking stop but the thing is um some people like welcome it sometimes it's a heckly show sometimes it's a gong show and then people can heckle then it's just people gotta know the rule like people have just gotta you know there's time and place for it i guess and most of the time it's not fine <laughs> yeah that's
0: crazy yeah i've never thought of it from that angle before actually where someone thinks that they're actually helping I've, I've always thought of it from a derailing thing
1: yeah well most of them say that most of them will come up to you afterwards and say i'm sorry for heckling or i'm sorry or they'll, they'll come up to you afterwards and say i was just trying to literally most literally I'm going to say like 99% of the hecklers, they're doing it because they want to help you. That's so
0: weird. Because it just seems like the rudest thing to me to do.
1: It's mad. It's because quite often we'll do gigs in small venues and you'll be sat there and it's Mm. awkward when someone's bombing. It's awkward because you're part of it. You're bombing Uh... too because you don't know where to look. You can't make any noise. You don't want anyone in the crowd to think that you find this twat funny as well. That's Mm. important. As well, because if you start laughing, the crowd are going to be like, "Why the fuck are you laughing at this? This is mm. awful. Like, why are you laughing at this?" So literally, there's no one is making a sound because they don't want any attention to be brought onto them, and that. <laughs> and sometimes people in that situation will just have to do something just to break the tension, just do anything, and uh, I welcome those heckles. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I um, No, I, there's never, there's never a place for it. But I can understand why someone would. Think they were helping out or why? And uh, if someone's drunk, I'm I'm never gonna be annoyed at that person because everyone's been a drunk dickhead. Do you know what I mean? So you're like, oh, as long as you stop, it's like sometimes you. It's annoying when they keep going. And it's like some most venues when you play an actual proper comedy club, if someone's persistently heckling, they'll just get kicked out and it's fine. So uh, and they just ruin their own night. So, but especially an open mic, don't heckle a fucking open oh. micer. They don't like we don't yeah. know what we're doing. <laughs> Anyway, without you fucking shouting shit, be like, don't go there expecting to see fucking Dave Chappelle. You're not going to see it. You're just you're just seeing people try stuff out at the only gig they can get booked on. <laughs> so just like, let him just fucking try it out. Don't just shut up, basically. Talk Talk to him afterwards. If you want to help him out, if you think you're funny, you want to help him out, go, go talk to him afterwards. The amount of times i finished a gig and people have come up to me and been like, Oh, I think, like, try, th- I've got this joke for you, and it's always shit, but I'm like, I'd rather people do that than tell me when I'm on stage. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've done gigs in front of people where they've come up to me afterwards and been like, what the fuck are you talking about on stage? Like, I, I did this gig in front of loads of squaddies, um, uh, and I had this bit, I had this really long bit about a fruit basket. My mum once sent me a fruit basket, all right, but it was massive, and I only live with my girlfriend, right? uh and and we were like what the fuck are we supposed to do with all this fruit and i just kept like listening off all the whole in the bit i was listening off all this fruit all these my house just started getting full of fruit flies and i was like we're just we just like she's just challenged us to eat all this mad amount of fruit and i was like i shouldn't even be here right now i should be at (laughs) home eating fucking fruit and i just and i I was even tempted to bring a bunch of fruit with me and just be like, look at my bag's fucking full of fruit my house is full of fruit and like, that's basically, and it was quite a good bit in Brighton at a normal gig or whatever. The, the bit was really good, like people would love it. But I went all the way to Gosport to do a gig in front of a bunch of squaddies, and the girl before me did had all her material was about how she was molested by a dad, and I'm not even joking. That's what her set was about, and they were they loved it. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. The audience were so she had she had she was funny, and she was, like it's just quite a harsh. But the thing is, the reason why I'm telling you that bit is because then I've come on stage and immediately started talking about fruit, (laughs) right? So they literally were sat there in silence. It was so bad that I went to the bar and ordered a pint during my set. Like that was how bad it was going. And um, after the gig, a guy came up to me, a squaddy, and was like, what is it with all the fruit? And I was like, to be honest, I just had to, I find it funny. So it has has worked. I'm not mad. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But like you just didn't yeah. like it because you want it. You want comedians to be more like Jimmy Carr or whatever, which is fair enough. That's a different kind of comedy than what I'm doing. I like to do absurd sort of mm. stories about fruit. So sorry that you didn't like that. But um, but then he tried to give me one of his jokes, which is just something I can't remember. It's something to do with the, something to do with someone's nipple. <laughs> honestly, you know what it was? And I was like, and I was like, oh sure, man. I'll just say uh, I'll, I'll I'll try that out instead of this fruit bit that I've tried at loads of gigs and it's been fine. I'll just try your fucking stupid nipple joke. <laughs> At this thing, but um, <laughs>
0: but uh. do you find different uh, parts of the country like uh, different jokes work better than others?
1: Yeah, I was so scared because I'm from mm. the north, right? But I've done all my comedy down in the south, and I was so sort of scared about going to do the stand comedy tours because they're all up north, and it's the first time I've ever given. The... I did one, I did two spots at the Edinburgh Fringe. Once, one was a competition, and um, everyone in the competition was from London, so it's fine. <laughs> and um, the other, and the uh, the other gig was just opening my mate's fringe show, just to, as a practice for mm. that competition. So when I went up north, I was a bit worried that I would have t- maybe too much stuff about living in Brighton, because I do have some jokes about it, and or oh, maybe like too much. I don't know, I just thought it wouldn't come across, but it turned out it was absolutely fine, like, where I live is a really well-known place, like, Brighton, everyone knows about Brighton, it's a gay mm. capital, people love saying that, up north, they love saying that, and when I first moved to Brighton, I don't know if you got this when you moved, but people were like, oh, so you're gay then, and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm literally, I was literally, my girlfriend was pregnant with my children, do you know what I mean, I'm like, no, I'm not. I've, got, I've got, you know, I've got a fam and that. They were like, "Well, you must be because it's the gay capital." And I'm like, "Well, I'm, well, if if they have a problem with it, I'm sure they'll kick me out and send me back up north again." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but imagine if you can live here if you were gay. Yeah, but literally everyone said that to me. Look, literally, they were like, "You must be moving there because you're gay." My, I think I think one of someone in my family said it to me, like my brother or something. I was like, "I've known you my whole life." <laughs> But um, not that I've got a problem.
0: It's really not as gay as people think, is it?
1: No, it's not. <laughs> um, But the thing is, like, I've just, I've, uh, some of the people I didn't respect enough to even say that. I, like, I was like, fine, whatever. I'm gay. I don't care. I've got no problem with it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got a problem with it, then whatever. So uh, uh, can I just can I stop you one second? Mm. Bryony, eh? there's a traffic warden stood next to your car. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but he stood next to your car. Yeah, well, where your car is, obviously. Sorry about that. Carry on. What was the question? <laughs> I
0: don't know. We were just... Uh, well, oh, was we I were...
1: worried about... Was that material not translating well enough? Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I was. I was really worried about it. But um, it turns out that comedy is quite a universal thing. Like, imagine... You know, I've seen loads of comedians, like maybe Asian comedians or comedians from <clears throat> completely different places to hear and the material works absolutely fine. So it's kind of mad for me to be like, I can't... Can, will my material work just stop the country a bit? Because of course it will. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People people are literally traveling halfway around the world to do jokes about where they live in different mm. countries and it works fine. So I'm sure we've got nothing to worry about.
0: <laughs> uh, there must be some human universals then that do work. And then I guess as long as you're like, you know, fucking so-and-so street yeah yeah that's not gonna work because they won't know the street yeah, but, yeah as long
1: as it's not like real <laughs> specific like that but people know kind of the generalizations about like certain areas mm. like maybe i were not maybe i would do let like i would do less brighton based material you know up north but mm. i'd still i've got some jokes about why i moved to brighton from the north um i've got this new bit i'm actually would be a bit worried about working on which is how i'm basically like fuck the north <laughs> um so i don't know how that well that'll go i had not really worked it out but i'm gonna kind of try and subvert it a bit just kind of make fun of the south as well mm. but um but it's about being an i've talked about it a little bit before it's about being an ex-northerner and um so I, when i worked it out i want to try and work it out in a way that it pisses everyone off not just yeah. the people from the north but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it'd be interesting to do that sort of bit up north. Yeah. But m- most of the material, I haven't really got any material that, I, I don't really like punch down too much in, in my jokes or anything. So I'm not, I've got nothing that's going to piss anyone off even if they don't really get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's fine. Okay, yeah. so you see,
0: you try not to be too risque with your jokes. So...
1: No, I don't try not to mm-hmm. be. It's just that's not what I find funny. Oh, really. uh, it's yeah, yeah. I don't, I like, I there's comedians who, for example, my friend Prakash, um, he's a comedian from Crawley who did gigs out in Brighton. He's, like, edgy. Loads of his jokes about incest. He's got basically a bit about fucking pretty much every single person in his family. Aunties, like, dogs, cats, everyone. I mean, he hasn't done it, but, like that's what his joke's about. Uh, and, and since the lockdown, he's gone full paedophile hunter, by the way. Like, literally has. He's started grooming pedos on the internet and putting out videos. And then he'll basically go on webcam and be like, I'm a fucking 28-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> But... He that he I've got no he does really edgy material and I I really like it I think he's sound I think he's funny and I like his jokes but for me I just wouldn't do it I've got no problem with like jokes like that I just would mm. it just, it just doesn't come naturally to me to write like that no so I just don't do it I'm not going to force like a joke about abortion just into my set for no reason do you know what I mean no. but if I did write one that I thought was funny I would I would have no problem with doing it do you know what I mean okay yeah
0: maybe it's just not how your mind interprets reality
1: yeah i just don't yeah i think so yeah i i like it i like to have a lot of people like to talk about issues and opinions and stuff i like to just have a laugh and talk absolute Mm. nonsense so my sense my stuff tends to be a bit silly like if i just suddenly started talking about like i don't even really talk about sex or anything like that but that's only just because uh i don't know it just doesn't that's not I like it's just not that funny to me. I I'm a lot of, a lot of the stuff I talk about is just the kind of situations I get myself into. Like uh, I I got kidnapped by a guy once as well. What? I was walking home from a party and then a guy started down. Uh, a guy started following me in his car, and then he pulled up next to me, and then he, wound down his window and asked me to get in. His, basically, told me to get in his car, and I was like, I don't want to. And then he kept asking me, and then eventually, I just got in. I don't know why. I was I was I wasn't. So, How old were you? Uh, about twenty. Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't, yeah. Maybe a bit older, 24 maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so, but then uh, I got in his car and he just sped off, like literally just sped off and was like bombing it. And he went past my house and past everything where he's seen. And then he started talking about my dick. He started, he asked me about my dick, right? But the thing is, I wasn't sober at all. So it made me laugh. Like re- it really, really made me laugh. He asked, he was like, how big's your dick? Uh, can you show me your dick? That sort of thing. And I just, I just couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing yeah. so much that he kicked me out of his car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think he was gonna murder me but he kicked but i was so annoying but he
0: ki- oh my uh, god <laughs>
1: <laughs> honest to god i think the fact that i was so annoying saved my life Hon- i really do think that.
0: that's great ah uh, that's so funny so
1: i joke so i joke about stuff like that so i talk about my dick a bit in that bit mm. uh but i tried to about stuff that's happened in my life yeah and, like like i've got a new bit that, last week so stuff like kind of tends to happen to me like last weekend i went camping with my kids mm. up north in the dales and the woman who was missing three fingers uh started complimenting my daughter's fingers she started being like you've got really uh got really nice fingers like, how creepy is that isn't that the scariest thing you've ever heard in your life so we were just sat up all night just like, fuck, she's going to try and break into our tent and take her fucking fingers. <laughs> so I've, so basically, I haven't talked about that on stage, but tonight I'm going to basically do what I just did then mm. on stage and see if I can maybe make a, get some jokes out of it with the crowd. So I tend to do stuff about, I tend to write about more what's happened in my life, and I don't go to that many orgies, so I don't talk about them, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to as many orgies as I'd like. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's hilarious um do you ever think up a joke and then sort of feel oh i feel well too uncomfortable talking about that
1: no. no no not really i i feel like if you do feel like that then it's if you feel like that because you think if you think it's funny and you feel like that then that is all the more reason to say it because you um because you will break down that barrier whatever lack of confidence you have in your own writing or whatever will 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 disappear and then you nine times out of ten you'll say the thing that you think is too much like risque or whatever and you'll say it and you'll be like oh that wasn't even that bad like Mm. people weren't even offended by it but if you're not saying it because you think you're doing it for the wrong reasons like you don't think it's that funny or you're just trying to be edgy which some people are trying to be like that and you can tell normally uh, then maybe don't do it okay
0: as long as you find it funny
1: you can as i say it's an instinctual thing again yeah if you're like i really want to say this but i'm scared it will offend people then you should probably say it, because nine times out of ten it's it it will be funny and it won't be as bad as you think Hmm. but if you're like i've written this thing that's really like it's going to offend loads of people i don't even think it's funny but i just want to say it just to piss everyone off then if you unless you want to be that guy if you don't want to be that guy then don't do it i wouldn't want to be that guy so i wouldn't do it no i can't imagine saying
0: saying something i didn't find funny
1: yeah Exactly. I mean, I often say things that aren't funny. Yeah, yeah. But, but you
0: think they're gonna be? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: you have to. You have to have at least a one percent of. Sometimes you're like, I just don't know. But like, okay. but but yeah.
0: You got any comedians you want to give a shout out to who are up and coming?
1: No. Nope. Who should people go check <laughs> <laughs> <Just> No, <you. laughs> uh, no, I do. I, I love. Uh, there's people that I gig all the time, like. um I give a shout out to my friend Jen. I talk about my friend Jen. I's yeah. Billy Stone, William Stone, um, I'm absolutely smashing it. Uh, I've, I've people I gig with all the time. I always do print shows with Patrick Carmody. You should check him out. I don't think he's got much stuff. You maybe find him on YouTube. Alex Mason, um, and a couple of people who are doing really well since the lockdown. Like for example, Leaf Plant, who's uh, the character name of a girl called Alia, who who used to do, who was an open mic comic, but started a gig called Virtually Funny, which is an online Zoom gig. Mm. But and it started and it started doing really well and like she since since the lockdown like sh- people like her she she makes a podcast with Katie Alpha as well and um, you know th- there's a few people since the lockdown happened have really like managed to like make it work for them and and she's one of the people she's on this gig tonight actually but she's a really funny uh, person so you should check her check her stuff out online she she goes under the name Leaf Plant. Um, uh, so yeah check her out i think she's cool and then there's a bunch of people from like london like um that you should check out basically go to an open mic in london and three of the people that you see there are people that i'd recommend to watch more of <laughs> uh, nice.
0: <laughs>
1: but there's so many there's loads of comedians and i reckon just you know watch them all
0: cool what's your favorite uh venue
1: to perform at yeah uh comedia brighton comedia oh okay book me more book me more
0: shout out (laughs) and your chips are uh, just the right price (laughs) yeah
1: yeah man uh no um the comedia there's loads of venues that would be really good to me um like artista uh you know you've been to artista um that's uh my friend alex runs artista it's in hove secret comedy club and that but he gave me like from the very start open mics to like proper paid spots on the weekend uh, my friend Ko runs junk, you know, used to be a, he runs Super Happy Land, which used to be Junkyard Dogs around Georges as well. He's given me loads of opportunities. Anthony Ayton gave me my first couple of proper spots. Like um, he gave me my first twenty minute. I opened twenty minute set right after I'd only been in comedy for like a year and a half, which mm. is kind of mad for someone to give you that much, um, give that much sort of early support. So Anthony Ayton gave me that, which is cool. Uh, my friend Vix, who I said about before, does Neon Flamingo. She, she's the one who's got me on this gig with Sean Walsh, but she's also got me other really good gigs in the past. And, and I don't even know her personally that well. She's just seen me at a couple of gigs and 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 then has put a lot of support behind getting me really good gigs. But, so that's cool. And then uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of cool comics out there, man. And like you know, and venues too. A lot of local good venues. Carolina Brunswick's are a good spot in Brighton too i know obviously uh, i run a gig called the verdict uh, in in brighton so as a jazz bar in brighton so if you when when comedy comes back in we did do one outdoor one but when comedy i don't know if we're going to do any more because of the outside rules have changed but when comedy comes back again uh come and check us out at the verdict comedy club
0: yeah i look forward to that yeah the verdict's a nice place i haven't seen comedy there but i've been to like a jazz night downstairs
1: yeah man yeah so it's just kind of the same we run the night because it's in a jazz club we have it all candles and that and we have a guy playing the piano in between acts and stuff like that so it's real real nice gig
0: Ah, uh, that sounds so much fun <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, yeah it's, really, it's really it's really good and it's it's the best night yeah, the best comedy night in brighton so uh
0: cool all right well thanks so much for coming on man um
1: hey dude thanks for having me on thanks for listening to me and check me out on social medias and shit man come watch me do comedy yeah
0: no worries uh right. cheers buddy
1: sick Nice one, man. Thanks a lot. T-R-E-V-E-N-A. Hey, thanks for
0: listening and thank you to Riggs for joining me. Follow him on Twitter at RiggsRiggsRiggs and go see him live at the Carolina Brunswick on the 19th in Brighton and Lampin Comedy in Southampton on the 24th. And that's it, Bye.